You're listening to the Candare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to a special episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And all we're doing in this, uh, I imagine this will probably be a short episode. I mean, obviously I can't tell as it's not finished recording yet, but um, <laughs> we're gonna, just going to be talking about Captain Marvel as we just, uh, we both have just seen it mm-hmm. and uh, it's some hot shit right now. I think we need to talk about it, right? Being a comics podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, full spoilers ahead. We are not holding anything back. If you have not seen the film yet, you do not want to listen to this. I can't imagine a lot of people have not. Well, I guess some people probably have not. Cause some it, people have not. Big numbers so far already this weekend. Yeah, but some people had shit to do this weekend. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, I so think part of the big numbers is people seeing it two times because I know there's been a, a handful of people I know. Really? Seen a couple times, yeah. So, all right. So from here on out, spoilers. Uh, enter at your own risk or whatever. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, overall, Jack, what'd you think? I enjoyed the heck out of it. I had a good time. It was. Slow starting out, but towards the end it picked up, and I wouldn't know anything about the start. Yeah, it's, it I sucks. Uh, yeah, I the time change just happened this weekend, and I have never in the past had to fuck with my phone, change the clock manually. Me either never. it just always does it. Mm-hmm. And we both have iPhones. Your phone just automatically changed, right? Yep. So I assume mine did too. I was an hour late for the film as a result. Surprised of this. you weren't late going to work. Oh, you didn't, I didn't go to work. I didn't today. go to you work. Would have been late. Yeah. <laughs> <have> been late. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. But um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was getting there about the time that they had the Cree. Or is that was that, which ones were the Cree? I never remember. The Cree are the well. I guess they weren't blue. They're supposed to be blue, but the the scrolls are the lizard looking guys with the pointy ears. The transform. So. Okay. Yeah. The scroll. Okay. So they had a scroll on the table there. Yep. Is when I first came into the theater. So I missed. Like you said, uh, some flashbacks, uh, her arriving on Earth. Earth her and, getting captured by the Skrulls. They're doing a little bit of mind probing on her. She gets mm-hmm. away, fights them, gets in a probe, falls or shoots to Earth, lands on Earth. Fury shows up, and then, yeah. Any dislikes with the film? Did you have any problems with it? Just the changes of the story, which, in a way, Misty kind of set me straight on it. What do you mean, the changes in the story? Like Mar- you mean between like source material source and movie? And, yeah, source and movie. Like Marvel has always been a man, but she kind of. I was like, okay, so Marvel was actually a guy. So I was like, I don't know how I feel about. And that's that. who Annette Benning yes. was portraying. Okay, yeah. she told me, well, did Marvel die? I was like, well, yeah, because that's how you know Captain Marvel ended up getting her powers. I mean, the way she got her powers were, was a little bit different. I don't care. That doesn't. I mean, Marvel movies are going to be different in that way anyway. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that it was. They they did the sex change. She's like, well, did he die? I was like, yeah. She's like, then why does it matter? I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, when you have stuff with characters like that, because they've no. done that before. I don't know if Marvel's done that before, but it's been done, you know, or a sex change or a race change or something. It doesn't matter as long as that person brings it. It wasn't like the Mandarin, which I still don't. Like that, that no, that yeah, wasn't. That was. Cool. It's still a yeah. totally different thing. Look at when they brought in, uh, what was his name? Do uh, Kingpin from the Ben Affleck Daredevil? 
Oh, yeah. The Michael Clark Duncan, was that his name? Before Vincent D'Onofrio did that character, that dude was Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, he was. That was... He was awesome as Kingpin. That was a dog shit movie. That was a (laughs) crappy movie. But that was some good stuff to come from. Watching him beat the living fuck out of uh, Ben Ben Affleck Affleck, at the end was pretty neat. But, um... Yeah. Anything else? Any other dislikes? Like, so I got a list of shit here. The scrolls <laughs> being good guys, really kind of that threw me for threw a loop. Me off. I did not like that. Is even watching the movie, Misty was like, "So are, are the Cree bad?" And I'm like, "No." I was like, "Well," and then Ronan and the accusers show up. I'm like, "Okay, so there are some bad." Yeah, we're like that too. But then all of a sudden, the scrolls end up being this peaceful race that are just trying to survive and live i was like what the hell is that no yeah i don't know the whole film seemed very anticlimactic to me there was no huge build-up it just kind of was it was for her pretty much she got her powers and then that was that was the climax basically i think And maybe this is because i missed a little bit of the film again i was an hour late now mind you with the trailers i based on what you and i were talking about about before we hit record, I only missed about 15, 20 minutes of the sh- of the movie, so yeah, I didn't miss a that. whole lot no. again. But um, I didn't, I didn't really see much of a reason to care for her. You know what I mean? Like all these other Marvel films, really give you a good introduction to these characters before they expect you to get vested in what's happening with them now and where they're going in the future. Where she just kind of shows up and you get some flashbacks, but you're expected to just kind of roll with it. You know. They, yeah, I can see. What, I I agree. They in the flashbacks they showed a lot of her getting put down a lot and stepped on, kind of belittled a little bit, just being a woman in the air force. Right. Like there's one scene where one pilot's like, "Yeah, there's a reason it's called a cockpit," because she was a, a female right. pilot, and females back then couldn't be in combat missions. Mm-hmm. And when she was a kid, she got pushed down and. Uh, she just got knocked down, but she always got back up. That was like the big thing when she was talking to the AI and she was getting up and kept doing it and kept doing it. Yeah. And uh, that was like, I mean, that's really just the buildup of her story, I guess. I noticed that at the end, the, the montage of uh, like her is like all throughout the years getting back up, like at a baseball game or at. Yeah. Whatever it At was. the playground. Yeah, whenever yep. she fallen, just getting back up. In but. boot camp, she got yes. knocked down. Yeah, just that, I don't know, her inner strength. And then she pulled off that little thing on her neck and then just mm-hmm. boosted her power. That was that was the pretty much the the high point of the movie, I think. But it, it just didn't give me enough reason to care. Again, I you see. and I are coming from two different walks. You know yeah. something about this character, and I do not. I was hoping, though, for the same experience I had with Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I had heard of them, but that's it. I nothing of them going into it. Mm-hmm. So I and they won me over. I loved them. Um, they were fun films. I know people like to dog on them, but um, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I love the soundtrack. I love mm-hmm. the. Everything about him was great. And I was expecting, I was hoping with Marvel's track record, you know, they're going to win me over with this film. And it just didn't happen for me for so many reasons. Goose, I didn't understand. Did they they ever explain that cat being there? Uh, No, he was, he was just there. Pet cat that she pretty much, I mean, after she died, you know, there's the the cat without an owner. So she, well, it was actually her. I see her friend ended up 
taking him out? I can't See, remember. See, that must be a little thing I missed in the beginning was that was Annette Benning's cat. Yeah. I did not know that. The cat was just kind of there. And then after it displayed all this, she was like, what? <laughs> what? That that kind of threw me off because I don't remember that in the comic. I know she's got Goose in the comics, but I don't remember him being a Flurrigan alien or anything. From like what that. I... Uh, I've been doing some research online about, you know, source material versus uh, movie. And from what I understand is Goose is not named Goose in the comics. It's something completely different. Maybe that's why I couldn't remember it being... Mm-hmm. I just probably threw a Goose as a Top Gun reference. Exactly. Like, okay. I mean, that's the speculation I, I heard anyway. I wasn't reading or listening to anything official today when I was uh, researching it. But yeah, that's... Just because she was a fighter pilot. I miss. You know. All right. But, um, and the fact that Goose is the reason Nick Fury doesn't have an eye anymore. Like, that was kind of cheap. I, I did. I was like, really? A cat scratch? Yeah. That just rots his eye, apparently, I and guess. I, I don't know. I understand that this is Nick Fury when he's younger, before he's become the spy. But I would think if you are the spy that at this point you've got to be a little, I don't know. He just kind of seemed like comedy relief. The only cool thing he did mm-hmm. like was get the fingerprint off with the tape. And <laughs> But other it, than that, yeah. he was just kind of like, they kept harping on the joke of him, Goo Goo, talking the cat like over and over. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we the, get it. He likes the I guess he was cat. super soft back then, even though he was uh, yeah. in the military and then a spy and then shield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, let's see. Let me look at my list here. How about the little girl who knew how to change the colors on her outfit? Like, I didn't get that whole part either. That was no, that little stupid. girl, from what, again, what I saw online, source material stuff, she's somebody. She grows up to be somebody. I have, I've read universe. that too, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, here's this alien suit, and she just says, here, choose a new color scheme. And she just, like, rubs immediately the rubs some it. shit and, like, yeah. has mastery of how to do this. But... Again, maybe I'm just getting a little too uh, nitpicky there. <laughs> um, let me see. The timeline just was hard to follow. Like, sometimes the it would transition between a flashback and, like, the now so seamlessly that I was like, what am I watching? Like, she would be in her, her Air Force colors, you know, yellow, red, and blue outfit. And then in the very next scene, she'd be back in her green. And, like, it had gone into a flashback without even really telling you. I know, well, I know the one time after she changed her suit colors to the blue that all of a sudden she was back in the green, but it was actually the scroll in her shape yes. like her that kind of changed That's, it. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, why the hell is she back at the old colors again? So maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I, I don't know. I just had trouble kind of staying with it, and I think, again, probably has a lot to do with missing the first 15 minutes. In a way, I'm kind of glad that they did the suit change just by changing the color, even though it was still mm-hmm. kind of cheap, versus where else would she got in the suit? Like No, I'm glad they changed the it. color, just how they did it was kind of silly. but I'm, I'm glad they did it that way, versus all of a sudden some shield somehow was able to make her some kind of sweet yeah, ass suit. It, that's it true. It was better that they went that way, I think. It was cool when they were changing the effects of the suit. Like when they she like would put on like the neon like, lines, funny, like yeah. the Tron <laughs> lines, and like that all looks really cool. And um, I liked Brie Larson, don't get me wrong, but yeah, the film was just very expendable to me. Like I didn't see the point. I went to this film... Being like, okay, this is one I would typically wait to be on DVD, but it's not going to be on DVD before Endgame, and this character has something to yeah. do with that. So 
this is going to be that little bridge between Infinity War and and, and Endgame, and it was not at all. Mm -mm. It delivered nothing new. We go into this movie knowing that Captain Marvel is going to be an Endgame. Yeah. And that's all the end credit scene was. All you saw was her fix the pager. You see why, how he got the pager, basically. Yeah. For her and to say, yeah, give me a call. Don't yeah. be pranking me or nothing. And that, that was it. She says, page me if it's an only if it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. So Nick Fury's waiting till he's half dust to deem <laughs> this a state of emergency. I saw posts about that. Why wasn't it during the Battle of New York? Right? Yeah. Or any of these things. Yep. Like, But especially, okay, we have this uh, being who's about to destroy the galaxy, the universe, reality as we know it. You know, he can influence reality. At what point do you say, we need to call in Captain Marvel? Not yeah. when you're turning to dust. Maybe because he, I don't, I don't know. Like the whole Avengers thing fell apart and all of a sudden people are just disappearing. So maybe... It was just so fucking corny, man. Like, both the end credit scenes were corny. Like, it start, the first one starts with Cap and Scarlett Johansson. And, ugh, of course, they got to squeeze her ass in there. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of seeing her in these films. Yep. And uh, who else? Ruffalo was there. War Machine. Uh, Cheeto. Yeah, yeah, uh, Hulk and yeah. War Machine. So, the, was it just the four of them? And yeah. then uh, the thing stops working. The pager stops working. They found Fury's pager. And then she's just behind them, looking exactly the same, but hair's longer. Future Captain Marvel has long hair. I, a guy that I work with, went and saw it on Thursday when it opened, and he was telling me that you know how he enjoyed it and stuff. And I said something I was that I was curious to see how age she her. ages, and yeah. he's like, "Well, you'll find that out." And she doesn't. Maybe it's because of her powers. It would have to be. That's something they were always really good with. Uh, You know, especially the character um, Peggy. I can never remember. Agent Peggy. um, Carter. Carter, thank you. You know, she had her own series for like a season or two there. And then throughout the movies, you see her age. And they Mm -hmm. did so well with that. So well with that. So, yeah, they would have to. Because the only thing difference, again, was her hair was longer. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just so corny. There was no, not even a dramatic entrance. There was nothing dramatic really about this film to me. Like, okay, she's flying around through space and shit. I saw that in the trailer. Like, that was the climax for me. Again, not a big Captain Marvel aficionado <laughs> or fan or anything, but I don't know. It was just very corny, that scene was. And then the cat throwing up the Tesseract. Like, you, was you would see this thing dumb. pointing out of its stomach. It was so dumb. Yeah. It so was... dumb. With a... Uh... The end credit scene with the the lead up for the Infinity or for Endgame, it's it didn't really show you anything. But they also did that in uh, was it Ultron or the end of Civil War, where all it did was show who was it? It was Cap and I think War Machine and Bucky was sitting there with his arm in a vice, and they just were sitting there talking to him for a minute, and that was the end. It didn't show you anything. It just was like. Yeah, it looks well, like going to be in the movie. But it was. It was showing that they had captured him. It gave us something that the I movie guess, didn't. Yeah, I guess you know, they did, had him. They, they were interrogating him. him. They had him. Something was different. Yeah, I guess. Nothing was different from this. No. Other than, okay, the Avengers found the pager. Like, which must be fucking miraculous in itself. It's like, hey, Captain Marvel's in the middle be in this movie. Pandem- I bet you didn't know. How would, have they, how would have they found that fucking pager just chilling on the street of New York in Pandemonium? <laughs> like, seriously. But Well, didn't... Uh, 
Hill, she probably picked it up. She didn't, didn't disappear, did she? Yeah, she, they both did, I thought. Did she? Yeah, they both went away. I thought. Pretty sure. Hmm. The only other th- big thing, I guess, would be all the 90s references. I know this is supposed to be in the 90s, but they did not do a good job. At, like This was like uh, that 80s show. Kind of like throwing like the most basic 90s references yeah. in your face. Oh, we're going like, to play Hole in Nirvana? Yeah. What else did they have? No doubt just a girl like for a fight scene. I'm like, come that, they, uh, on. I, when they did that, I it was just like, okay, I could have seen that one coming a mile but, away just that's because been done. the girl movie. Yeah. That has been done, though. Yeah. So, like, that's nothing even new. That has been done before. I saw someone online today say that scene would have been so much better with the Alanis Morissette song, You Ought to Know. Because it's her, you know, kind of declaring, you know, that song's about a breakup, and it's her kind mm. of breaking up from Jude Law and everything that's happened with the the Cree. Decree, yes. I again always mix the names, <laughs> up. which I think would have maybe landed a little bit better. But when I heard "Just better, a Girl," yeah. I just I rolled my eyes. And then like Nirvana, "Come as You Are," like it's like they stopped at a gas station and got '90s hits <laughs> CD, <laughs> and like that's what they used. Yeah. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like the, that soundtrack. Those were some deep fucking cuts. Yes. Not all of them, yeah. but a lot of them were fucking deep. I'd never heard a lot of them before. But you think. How did I go my whole life without hearing these songs? Nothing like this. Nothing like that here. There was one song in the movie that brought me back to the 90s, and I can't for the life remember the name of the the group that sings it, but it's that... I don't know if you'll know it. I want to say it's Apocalyptica, but it's not Apocalyptica. I don't think that's the name of the band. It's something like that. There's some British band, but they were from the early 90s. Mm -mm. I can't think of the song. But yeah, that was about the only song that really brought me back. Nirvana, eh. I hear them all the time, so it doesn't yeah. really bring me back that much. Hole, I... Eh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because that's what we grew up with. That's the music we grew up with. Maybe, but I don't know. I would think there would be better suited songs. I yeah. mean, again, you hear these songs in like anything 90s kind of referenced. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're like... I don't know. <laughs> her wearing the Nine Inch Nails shirt just seemed really forced. Uh, her her best friend, her former best friend, I don't remember her name, but her haircut was like, she might as well had her hair cut into a big nine zero apostrophe S. <laughs> like, her hair cut was so fucking 90s. But, yeah, just the music was probably about the worst. I mean, I love all those songs, but they didn't click well like Guardians did. You didn't see Stanley's cameo, did you? I didn't know. What was it? It was on, well, you know, the scene when she's on the, was it the train? Yes. The, the bus big, with the old woman uh, yeah, scroll. Yeah, it was on a bus. She got on the bus looking for the scroll, and he's sitting there on the bus. And I, I didn't find this out until after, that it's actually kind of an Easter egg. But he's sitting there reading a script, and he up and looks up at her, and then she looks at him, and she kind of... It's almost like she recognized him, I guess, from what I was reading. I was just like, oh, look, they, there's Stan Lee. And he was sitting there, hello, true believers. Hello, true believers. I guess it was a Mallrat script. Oh, really? Yeah. So that kind of Easter egg from back in the 90s yeah. for that. But uh, someone also said that it was like she recognized him because he's a watcher. 
from mm. the end of the Guardians. So but did they ever make him, him a Watcher? He was just chilling with the Watchers. That didn't mean he was a Watcher, right? Uh, I guess speculation was going around that he was actually a Watcher. Really? He was sitting there talking to him and stuff out in space. Well, one thing I had heard is that the opening, uh, like Marvel Cinematic before the movie that started, was, awesome. was yeah. like all dedicated to him. It was all, yeah, like all his cameos in the whole Marvel instead of showing each one of the Avengers. Yeah. And it was, it was all him. Yep. And then it said, you know, thank you, Stan. Damn it. That was that part was awesome. Fucking iPhone, man. <laughs> you dropped the ball on me, Apple. Why wouldn't the phone just fucking switch the time on its own? It's that not like I have an old phone. Got instant chills when that We've was got the same that. phone. Mm-hmm. And yours just, did it automatically. Must have been the carrier. I got AT&T. Mm, Lottie fucking duh. <laughs> well, you know what? It didn't do this uh, when when we, it was daylight savings time. It I don't certainly know didn't. Been, no idea. I haven't had to do anything with my phone regarding uh, time change for years. It's I didn't think setting it up done. initially. I've never had to. It's always been maybe maybe the time zone I might have had to say, but I don't think so. I swear, man. It, it fucked me up. It fucked me up. But anyway, any other thoughts on Captain Marvel? Well, Parting thoughts. About the Tesseract. What do you think about that? That um, really surprised me when they pulled that out. I was like, no way. That's um, the source of the power. I, oh, is that what it is? Well, that's what the the engine... The, I, I didn't understand the whole engine thing. I think that's what I missed the main thing, uh, story. Annette Bening's character was building this light speed engine. That's what the scrolls were looking for. Mm-hmm. And the Kree were trying to stop. Well, Kree were, Kree were trying to kill them off. But she was actually trying to help the Skrulls to find a new home. And this power of the engine would would do, do that. So. so when the plane or the ship crashed, when the ended up being the Kree was chasing them, shot them down. And she shot the engine, blew it up. Marvell ended up using the power from the Tesseract to make the engine. So in a sense, I guess the power from the Tesseract is what... So Gave would, her her powers. Would have anybody in the vicinity of that explosion just absorbed that power? I mean, is it just by chance that she was the one that you know shot it and happens to be there to absorb it? Like if Jude Law would have been there, would have he absorbed it? Or does how does it work? Was she special in some she way? She might have been special in some way, being a human maybe. Might have been, but but no one knows. No yeah. one was told. She was human, so she absorbed the power oh, and then please she got the Kree what? transfusion. Oh, I hope it's not that. The human race <laughs> is so unique and special they'll that never, only we They never stay down. The they'll always get back up and continue to fight. Uh, they persevere through everything. Merka. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed seeing Ronan. Um, that was cool, but yeah. I hated how he just kind of receded like a bitch. Like, yeah. He's there to like Bring on war. He launches these missiles, and I start rubbing my palms. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Ronan, the accuser's here. <laughs> I thought he was awesome in the Guardians film. I yeah. loved him. I wish we would have seen more. So here we are seeing more. And then for her to just take down a ship, kind of flaunt her, her shock of hair in front of him, and he's like, oh, uh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> and they just yeah. leave, you know? <laughs> I guess later on, maybe he finds Thanos, and Thanos is like, hey, go do this. I'll give you power. So that's what makes him more of a hard ass, I guess. Took him 30 years to do it, I guess. Well, I'd like to know the explanation behind the black shit on his face. Yeah, me too. That was kind of strange. Like if it's like war paint or if it's like uh, a rank. It's like a spiritual thing or something like that. Yeah. Because he was kind of, what, praying almost in the beginning of Guardians when he was came out of his 
sand bath or wherever the hell he was in and started rubbing dirt all I over him. I don't remember. And he, they are what? What are what are the accusers? They're or, Kree. They're Kree as well. Yeah, it throws me off because the Kree's, as far as I always knew, they were they were blue. But then they've got Jude Law, which is, has yellow eyes. And Annette Benning, who just looks like Annette Benning. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, I mean, the other, well, you didn't really get to see the, the group that they were running around with. One chick, she was a sniper. She was, I can't remember what her name is. Their names are real weird. They're like words that just changed into two words, split into two from their syllable. But she was, oh, Min, Minerva, that was her name. She was blue. Korath, the the black dude from the beginning of the first Guardians. Yes. Who? Yeah. He was one of them. I, I noticed that. And then there was a couple other guys. But yeah, I don't... Unless they have different skin pigments as, as Kree like we do as humans. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Is, um, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still in the air? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. So, okay, it's cool to see that uh, Coulson can actually jump between movies and TV as the yeah. same character. You know, you, you once you saw him go to... Because he hasn't... This is the first time he's been back on the big screen Avengers since that show started, right? As far as I can remember, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they killed him off and then... Yeah that, yeah, that was the last time he was on it. And so I heard someone online say this makes a lot of sense as to why Fury, you know, put so much into saving Coulson's brain and life because he... Return the he's returning the favor from this film, mm. like when he could have busted him out on the stairwell and he didn't. Yeah, but <clears throat> anyway, yeah, watching Shield, he always had his little things. That yeah, he was always smarter than anyone. He'd hold back info if he could and not tell you the whole story. He was a spy learning from the spy. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. I don't know. This just seemed kind of overall just kind of corny again. I hate how like. A month before the <laughs> film that is going to just finalize and wrap up so much. It's like oh, we're realizing, obviously, this isn't the case because obviously this has been planned for a long time. But to have the releases so close to one another, you know, just to like. It didn't hit me until after I was done watching the movie and I was like, all right, next is the end game. Jesus yeah, Christ. Like it's right around like the corner. Next month. Yeah. Yeah. But it just seemed like, oh, well, they're going to need a little more power to defeat Thanos, actually. So put this movie out quick and introduce her, and then we'll <laughs> throw her in there, too. But obviously, that's not what happened. Before we actually wrap it up, let's kind of touch on what we've seen of this Endgame trailer. Thoughts of it? What do you think of it first and foremost? Any predictions of, of what's to come? She was going to save Tony, but I can't see how now since she's at Avengers. She's with the Avengers right now. Unless somehow she finds him, she was going to save Tony, like from like a drift. Yeah, unless that's who said that. That's what I thought it was going to happen. Oh, I see. Unless that's, uh, I don't know if the movie's going to pretty much pick up like right where that scene ended, or if there's going to be more of her cruising back, getting the page. Maybe she runs into Tony. And was like, oh look, there's Tony. I can't imagine they're going to. Oh, and then I don't shows know. up, or if it's going to start there and. Based on this trailer, you see one one shot because in, uh, Infinity War ends with Nebula and Stark together. Yeah, and you see a scene where the two of them are actively working on something in that trailer really quick. So it makes me wonder if she's on that ship too. Maybe they could come up with something. I would imagine, but I mean, those two together, she's pretty much a robot. So maybe spare parts or so. I don't know. I would love to see the return of Vision. 
in his mm-hmm. white form. Yeah, like maybe awesome. like they rebuild him and he's in the white form. That would be awesome. But the biggest thing that I have noticed from this trailer is a quick scene of Rocket walking into a little wooden shack. And that just has so much gravity. I think I could be wrong. And as we've learned from the first Infinity War, to never trust the, tra- the trailers. They'll mm-hmm. put something out completely different than what you're going to see. Which is not a bad thing. Keeps us on our toes, I guess. But you see him walk into a little, like, a wooden, kind of like a little shack area, which, at a glimpse, appears to be the exact same place Thanos was at the end of the first film. I don't know. I don't remember that. It's been a little while since I've seen the trailer. And, you know, all through the Guardians films, you know, you see Chris Pratt kind of giving Rocket shit about being a coward. And even... In Infinity War, he delivers that line to him. He goes, you know, I, I know you're only going with Thor because it's where Thanos isn't. Mm, yeah. And he's just kind of like, well, see a quill, you know. But now that his family in its entirety, that's another thing they drove hard is family mm-hmm. with the Guardians. And now that they're all gone except for him, I think, like, he's going to get the brassest of balls and like <laughs> go to Thanos on his own. Not that he'll pull anything off, but that's what it looked like. It looks like rocket walking into Thanos's hmm. shack. I could be wrong. All a hundred percent speculation here, but it would be a good arc for that character. Like through all these films to get one hell of a backbone, yeah. you know, at the loss of his family mm-hmm. and, you know, treating Groot like a child, that's got to even way harder. You know, if there was a father child relationship there, well, he was torn up in the first movie when he died. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him. You're right. I forgot about that. By that. So, um, I, that's my biggest hope. I think is to see some kind of a dialogue where, He just walks in there and you see the mighty Thanos and little tiny squashable rocket. And (laughs) there being some kind of dialogue that just moves the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. That would be awesome because you saw a lot of feelings in Rocket in the last Guardians. A lot of them. And he's just kind of uh, out of place with everyone else without his core group. You know, I don't know. Who's who's to say? I know in a... In the trailer, too, when it, I think it shows like a bunch of them running and it looks like someone's missing. A lot of people are saying that's both Captain Marvel's kind of going to be in there. Kind of like what they did in Infinity War, in... where you saw Hulk, but it ended up being yeah. the Hulk Buster. There's an Endgame thing, a trailer where they're all running. It's, it's some. Or is it like their silhouettes walking sideways? Uh, maybe it was their silhouettes or something like that. They, but there's clearly somebody missing. I, I wonder, though, if you're seeing, because there is a gap in the middle, but that's where Rocket is. If you look, you can see his tiny silhouette at the bottom. So maybe I'll watch it again. It's been I've a while for me, too. Here, yeah. But, um, man, the farther we get into this conversation, the more I just want to say, man, what nerds we are. But I know. <laughs> it's kind of the point. It's kind of the point. We're not the only ones doing this. Come on. <laughs> Leave us alone. Go. <laughs> But if you had any thoughts on Captain Marvel or Endgame, any predictions, anything you wanted to add to this conversation, please let us know on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram, any of our social media forces that be. Uh, we'd love to hear them. And I'm uh, super excited for Endgame. Yes. Was it April 28th? Was that right? I think so, yeah. I think the 28th looks like it falls on a Sunday. So looks Thursday like it's going to be the Thursday 26th, then. maybe. Thursday anyway, the, end of April. Like yeah. End of April. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> around right Easter around time. the corner. So, yeah, again, let us know what you guys think. And uh, until then, Jack, where can these people find us? You can find us at cannedairpodcast.com or you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, buy some merch, become a patron, sign up for the contest if you want to go to the Wizard World, get three-day passes at the show 
closest to you or if you happen to be in that area, I guess fill out the form and see if you're a winner. There it is. And if you want to support our show, go to patreon.com forward slash pod. And for $5 a month, you can get access to our monthly Patreon, Candare Patreon pod. Uh, just a kind of loose format, just kind of willy-nilly. We do whatever we want on that show. A little bit of test formatting, I think. Sometimes, too, yeah. sometimes, but not in a bad way. No. We don't we don't put bad test yeah. footage up with <laughs> only the good stuff. So, uh, yeah, we've got what going about going on twenty episodes over there. So yeah, it's a whole another, yeah, almost oh whole another catalog for you guys to check out. So uh, check that out, and I think that'll do it for this week. Until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.